David Eichel here, HawkeyeInsider.com, joined by Sean Bach. Following a very interesting Iowa game, uh, might be a little bit of an understatement, 35-21 win over Illinois. Illinois came out strong right out of the gates, took a 14-0 lead, and you know maybe some thought wasn't Iowa's day. And I would argue, and we'll get into this in a second, Sean, that it was Spencer Petras's low, lowest point as the starting quarterback for Iowa, but he turned it up a notch and put together without a doubt, I think his best performance uh, of his career, finishing 18 of 28 for 220 yards and three touchdowns. His first multi-touchdown game of his career nearly matched his touchdown total through the first six games, just in this one game itself. But Sean, let's start off the same way as we usually do. What stuck out to you? Cause again, it, it was kind of a really weird dynamic of a game. Definitely. I mean, once Iowa kind of flipped the script a little bit and really started to turn it on there in the second quarter, I, I mean, even when they were down 14-13, like, you never really felt like they were going to lose this game. I don't know what that was. Maybe all the momentum was on their side. Maybe just the way they've been playing all year and the way they got down and were able to come back for, you know, a couple of their games, you kind of just thought they were going to win. And with the way Spencer Petros was playing too, like, that just took that just made the game go an even bigger turn because once he really started to hit his passes, hit his checkdowns, hit hit like his screenplays, like some of the throws that we're really not used to him hitting this year, mm-hmm. like the offense really took a turn for the better. And that kind of changed the whole complexity of the game. Like every time, you know, every time like this season it's been like, okay, like good, like the Iowa defense is coming out, like they're gonna get a stop. Now you kind of talk to yourself into saying, like, oh my gosh, like the Iowa offense is up like they're going to score. Like at one point in the second half, like that's probably the well, – at one point in the second half was like the most confidence I ever felt myself like believing in the Iowa offense because of the way that sure. Petrus was able to get the ball down the field. And just they were getting good field position too. I think Illinois' punter helped them out a little bit. I mean, Charlie Jones, obviously, one of his big – I think it was like 18-yard returns led to a touchdown, pretty easy touchdown. That was the uh, 16-yard – I think they followed up with Tyler Goodson's 16-yard run, and then I think it, they hit Sam Laporta for Sam Laporta's first career touchdown. No, it was uh, the one to the – it was either Smith or – it was either Smith because it was it – was, uh, You're right, because Sam Laporta was in the second quarter. It was Sean Byers' catch. That's right. It, yeah, it was – yeah, it was Sean yeah, Byers' catch. Two, two play, 32 yards. So I mean they got they got good field position too. And I think you look at the Laporta, you look at the Laporta touchdown catch, you look at the Smith Marset um touchdown reception, then you look at the run. I think those two drives were probably the most Iowa-esque this season. Um I mean there were a couple too against Michigan State, obviously Minnesota as well. But on those two drives, like things were just clicking. Like nothing really seemed to be going against Iowa on those drives, which was the exact opposite to start the game because he had two Spencer Peaches throws on third down where he threw at the at the feet of Tyler Goodson in the flat. And you're kind of like shaking your head like, oh, my goodness, like here we go again. But once things really started to click, I think it was on that – I can't remember exactly which drive it was where things really started to take a turn. I know it was on one of the scoring drives that maybe they couldn't end up getting a score. Like I think it might have been one – um, well, obviously the report of touchdown pass was huge, but I think the way that Iowa was able to get down the field and, you know, have two Keith Duncan field goals to close the half, I think those were definitely promising. But then 
the Amir Smith-Marset touchdown pass, I think, was kind of the one where you're like, oh, my gosh, like, we're going to have – like, it's going to be – the offense is, like, seems ready. And that's where I think the confidence really started to turn for me. And I think one thing that I think I've repeated on this, you know, on our podcast, that I felt like it just took Spencer Petras. He needed one big game, and maybe that will be the turning point. Because, again, you could really see that confidence just – like you said, build. I mean, he finished the second half. He went eight of ten. That throw to Sean Byer was probably the best pass he's thrown in his career. Maybe the other one's the Sam Laporta one from the Penn State game, I believe it was, where he was down at the one yard line. But Petrus was hitting his element. The offensive line got much better, and the running game got going. And once the running game got going, it took pressure off Petrus, and it, it was just a very interesting game because. Spencer Petrus had every reason to quit, and we talked to him after the game, and he said that after that shaky first quarter, I think he was like four of eight at one point for like 20 yards or something like that. He went up and down the Iowa bench, talked to his offense, and said, stay with me. Like, believe, please believe in me. We got this. And then that's when you really saw things turn around. Like, I've thought about this too, Sean. I wasn't a fan of Iowa blowing their final timeout. Uh, you know, in that final drive, once they got that first down, they didn't spike it or anything, but they could have been able to, to try a run or two instead of get a Keith Duncan 27-yard field goal, which was a really odd thing considering Lovey Smith, you know, called three timeouts and Iowa committed a false start on that. But none of Petrus's throws were even relatively on target. They Nobody ever had a shot at them. And I thought about it. Petrus was just trying to save clock and not to take a sack because that could have just ended the drive and gotten no points. So in some ways it was a step in the right direction, but the timeout usage I don't think was great. But again, I think the way he threw the ball on that drive and the way he just came out strong in that second half, we'll really see if this is a turning point for Spencer Petrus. And again, I think you really begin to see the receivers start to believe in Petrus again, because I think I tweeted this out after the first quarter you could tell by the receiver's body language, like they were frustrated. But Petrus rallied them all together. He hit the throws that he hadn't normally hit all year. And, and he just – he found a way to do it. And he put together his best performance as a starting quarterback for the University of Iowa. Yeah, no, 100%. I tweeted this out too, talking about, you know, the tight ends and how important their role is to the offense. And, like, those, those guys are what help you kind of get that comfort level a little bit higher. Um, just because, I mean, we've seen him used as a safety valve throughout the years and as deep zone threats. And, man, like having the emergence of two tight ends this year. I mean, Sam Laporta, we saw flashes last year, and then Sean Byer has been pretty good this season. But this was probably one of his better receiving games. Um, obviously, he had the one last week against Nebraska. But having those two targets that you can rely on, you know, to not only, to not only make catches – but hold on to the football and also maybe get a couple yards afterwards. Like that is so huge for this Iowa offense. And then that just spreads things out too. Um, you know, it makes things easy for Tyler Goodson to get through the holes and make things happen with this feed. It, like even we saw too with the other guys, like Brandon Smith had a season high five receptions. Mm -hmm. Amir Smith-Marset looked a little more comfortable at times out there. Um, so, you know, there was just a bunch of positives on the second, in the second half and, just with the way the passing game was able to work. And, you know, it also helped that Illinois had a couple of key injuries on the defensive end. I mean, one of their best linebackers went out. One of their best defensive backs went out as well, which really hurt them. But, you know, this is this is one of those games, too, I think, 
you look at it with the way that Petrus performed to start the year and kind of the games where people were really down on him and everyone was saying, like, oh, man, like, there's no way this guy is it. There's no way, way this guy is going to be DFX. Or, like, he doesn't have it. Like, he's not going to be QB1. I think this is a game where you look at it and you're like, okay, like, this is kind of the Spencer Petrus that we expected to play. Like, I mean, he wasn't necessarily perfect, but – the way he was able to help his team get down the field, like, that is promising. Now, like, I don't think you can expect that, like, every every down, um, sure. you know, or, like, every every game. Um, you know, I think you're going to get more consistency out of because I think this game, I don't want to say it's a turning point, but I think it's a step in the right direction. So, I don't want to go too in and say, like, oh, yeah, all in on Spencer Petrus, but – yeah, this I think this game showed more what he could be and what he like his ability. It showed the building than, blocks. Yes, more than you know he's going to be the guy because I, I mean I think he is the guy going forward and into next year. Like I think there's still be somewhat of a competition this spring, but I think right now with what you got, like if he can continue this level of play, like that is more than enough. But he just needs to be consistent. If he if he can be consistent, then this game, then this team has got a really good chance, you know, <clears throat> to win out the next three games of the year. And that's the thing, too. I mean, again, I still think it'd be irresponsible. Like you said, I don't really want to go all in on it, but I think you saw what the Iowa staff has been trying to say that they've seen all year. You see the building blocks. You see the potential. You saw the touch pass to Sean Beyer. And, by the way, I'm very happy for Sean Beyer. His first career touchdown – He's been in, you know, he's part of that 2016 class with Noah Fant, TJ Hawkins, and it's impossible to live up to live up to what those guys did. But for all the injuries and everything, Bayer got that touchdown. But a thing I noticed, Sean, in that second half, which I hadn't really noticed from Spencer all year, he took some heat off the ball. He was not throwing the ball as hard as he normally had. And more importantly, maybe, he was going through his progressions. I mean, you saw him survey the entire field. And I think it was against that against Minnesota. 15 of his 18 pass attempts, he locked in on that first target, didn't go through any progressions. But you really saw him get more comfortable in the pocket. He didn't try to escape the pocket when it didn't need to be escaped, and he went through his progression. So, again, you see the building blocks. You see the team get more confident as the game went along. And I think that's the important next step for Spencer Petrus. As you mentioned, can he be consistent? But now he knows that he can do this in a Big Ten game. And now I think this also reaffirms some of the belief that his teammates had in him. And again, I think the running game getting going in that the running game getting going in that second half was a big deal. Tyler Goodson, 19 carries for 92 yards. Makai Sargent, 10 carries, 54 yards. And that Wildcat, man, I'll tell you what, that really opened things up in that fourth quarter. And it was very surprising to see them run five straight plays. I asked Tyler Goodson after the game if he could ever see that happening when he was recruited. And he just laughed and said, no, I really couldn't. And he didn't eliminate ruling out potentially throwing the ball out of the Wildcats. So maybe that's the next step, the next wrinkle for this Iowa offense. But to go back to your point, it's a building block for Spencer. Uh, He's taken a lot of criticism this year. And I think that he got the, for the first time, he's been able to show Iowa fans what he can bring to the table. On the flip side, though, Sean, let's talk about this Iowa defense. They, you know, they had a really rough start. Credit Illinois, I think, for run, really running the ball well. I think Brandon Peters started off eight for eight, uh, threw some really good passes, some good touch passes. Then he ended the game 
going two for his next 10 for, I think it was 15 yards. So the Iowa defensive backs really turned it up a notch. And that Iowa defensive line just got in that backfield time and time again. There really wasn't much there on those first couple drives, but Davion Nixon continues to do what he does best. Chauncey Golston, I thought, had a good game. Zach Van Valkenburg with a pair of tackle for losses. And I think Dane Belton had a couple of really nice pass breakups. He did have that drop pick six, and it probably would have been a pick six had he been able to hold on the ball. But this Iowa defense and just their ability to just execute more as the game went along, it was impressive because we talked to the guys after the game, and they said they didn't really change anything after the first couple scoring drives Illinois had. They just simply they just simply executed better. And I, I think the proof is in the pudding. And you just look at the film and you see that. And the Iowa defensive line turned it up a notch. And they were able to really stuff Illinois' run game. Yeah, and I – you know, I – that was that was really interesting to me how Iowa was able to make that work defensively. I mean, because I looked – I was watching the game, or obviously I was watching the game, but I was looking <laughs> at it closely and I was like – they're really not doing much different. Like, they got decent pressure on the quarterback, but it's not like they were, you know, they had, like, three or four sacks. Like, they had one sack, and it was a split sack between Chauncey Golson and Davion Nixon. I thought Zach Van Balkenberg did a really good job blowing up the run. I thought, you know, on third down, maybe that defense could have been a little bit better, especially on third and long. But, yeah, I mean, it's not like they did anything crazy to really change things up or – you know, make Illinois struggle like they did offensively later on in the game as opposed to, you know, the start of the game. Um, I thought Kayvon Merriweather probably played his best game of the year, maybe one of his best games at Iowa. He had that big – he broke up that pass in the end zone, had a big open field tackle Mm -hmm. – or not an open field tackle, but there was was definitely going to be a hole for the Illinois running back to break free on the outside, and he just came in out of – the safety spot and just stuffed him behind the line. And just that athletic ability of his is so treasured. Like we knew coming in that he was a freak athlete, but as soon as he put it all together from a football standpoint, just understanding the X's and O's and everything that goes into it, that's what makes him such a talented player and such a good piece for this defense moving forward. And I thought, you know, Riley Moss had a couple tough plays there on Josh and Matter Bebe. But I mean, after outside of those two receptions, like he had two more catches and he was targeted a total of nine times. So I didn't see if they changed anyone on that matchup, but you know, whatever they did to really, to really um, alter how Peters was throwing the ball like that, that's definitely big. And don't get me wrong. Like they couple, they caught a couple of big breaks too. I mean, mm-hmm. the Brandon Peters throw on third down to Donnie Navarro um, could have resulted in a touchdown had, Navarro's timing Navarro and Peters's timing been a little bit better so that was definitely a significant on that um, the overthrow on the sideline yes yeah 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 that definitely would have been significant and I mean yeah like I thought I thought they did a pretty good job with the RPOs when Isaiah Williams came in the game as we know Isaiah Williams or as we saw too Isaiah Williams is not really I mean, he had a couple good throws, especially on that touchdown in garbage time. But, yes. I mean, he's not a big threat to throw the ball. He's more of a runner guy. And I thought Iowa did a good job containing him for the most part. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No, yeah, and like you mentioned, let's keep in mind, too, he, he was going against the reserve defense. I mean, it wasn't the first team Iowa defense. But as you mentioned, Kayvon Merriweather, I think, is going to be a very, very good football player. I think he's going to be a big part of next year's defense. And as I mentioned, Davion Nixon continues to prove that He's going to get paid on Sunday next year. I mean, I think he does have a decision coming up. If he comes back, wants to prove more, maybe he goes first round. But, man, he's put together quite the season. Chauncey Golston matched his career high with eight tackles. And, again, that Iowa defensive line for a quote-unquote lack of stars heading into the season, there certainly have been some stars emerging. And as you mentioned, Riley Moss, I thought, played a pretty good game. And, there was one, I, can't, I think it was on the touchdown. You could say he got mossed on it, not even trying to play on words. But I thought he had pretty good defense on that touchdown pass. I, I think it was just a better throw, and I think it was a better catch. I, I don't know what more Riley could have done. Josh Bebe is very athletic. He's got some good size to him, and he's built for those sort of touchdown receptions that he had. So I thought that was big, and – you know, again, let's flip the special teams really quick. Torrey Taylor, I thought, played a pretty solid game. And as you mentioned, it was very surprising to see Illinois punter Blake Hayes struggle like he did. I mean, he's traditionally probably the, one of the best punters in the Big Ten. But uh, Torrey Taylor, two, two of his five punts were pinned inside the 20-yard line. One of them went 50-plus. I mean, he's just such a weapon for flipping the field. And I think we saw field position play a very significant role in this game. Sean, that Iowa did get pinned back a little bit more as, as the game went on, but they, uh, they really got the benefit on some of those uh, field positions, and that's why Iowa's offense was able to convert that into points, and that's how Illinois was able to as well. Once they flipped the field on Illinois, Illinois really wasn't able to, to drive on Iowa that much, and I think that that plays a big factor in the game, and again, the Iowa defense just executed better when it mattered most. And, again, this is a five-game win streak. It's the first five-game uh, win streak that Iowa has had in the regular season uh, since 2015. It is interesting watching this team now as opposed to what we saw in the first couple of weeks. We talked about them against Michigan State. It was one of the most important games in the Kirk Ferentz era, but they were able to get the job done. And uh, I believe my pregame, I think it was 31-21 I had. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's really too much to take from this game other than the fact that Spencer Petras played, without a doubt, the best football game of his career. We'll see if that momentum continues going forward. Tyler Goodson, I think, is going to be a second-team all-conference running back with the type of season he's put together. And another underrated aspect, too, Sean, about this entire game was, as I mentioned, Petras did go through his progressions better. Brandon Smith got seven targets. Emir Smith-Marset had seven targets. He wasn't relying so much on the checkdowns or on Sam Laporta. They were trying to get the ball to their playmakers, including in open space. And I think once Emir got involved with, I think it was the reverse and that wildcat, I think both the reverses were in the wildcat formation. He just looked happier. And Iowa is at their best when they give Emir Smith-Marset the ball in open space and allow him to try to make a play. And I'm very interested to see what kind of uh, tricks Iowa is going to pull against Wisconsin because 
I think Wisconsin isn't only important for this season, Sean, but it's going to be just as important to building momentum toward next season and just eliminating the losing streak that they have against the Badgers. Yeah, no doubt. This is this is a game that everyone had marked on their calendars coming into this season. I mean, after 0-2, I think everyone was like, oh, <clears throat> best-case scenario, Iowa goes 3-5 and at this point um, in the regular season if they get all the games. And right now, 5-2, and two, and even though Wisconsin is, I think, 2-3 and three on the year, right? I think they've only played four games. I think they're only 2-2. Two and two. I'm almost certain they're two. Well, they dropped to Indiana today. Oh, yeah, and they lost to Northwestern. Northwestern. And they beat Illinois. Yeah, so they're anyway. two and two. They're two and yeah. two. Um, even though Wisconsin's two and two, I mean, this is the most important game on the schedule for Iowa. I mean, I know Northwestern clinched the Big Ten West, but even if, like, this is just a huge momentum game going into the uh, – to the Big Ten East, Big Ten West bout, whoever they end up playing. I mean, And it'll more than likely be Indiana at this point. I think it's all but clinched. And we saw what Indiana can do today. I mean, that team's for real. Yeah, that would be, that would be a lot of fun. That would be something really exciting. And, um, you know, Indiana is kind of like Iowa where, you know, Indiana was always reliant on the offense a couple years ago, but Tom Allen's really put that program together. I was more known to be relying on their defense, but the offense has really stepped up at times this season. I mean, especially in this game too. So I think that'd be a pretty balanced batch matchup. And I think it's also a good foreshadowing game into next year because that's Iowa's 2021 season opener, I believe. Right. Yes, it is. They are the opener. Yeah. yeah so that would be, that would be a lot of fun to kind of get a preview of that. And um, Blue, yeah, I mean, September, two, September 4th. Yeah, two pretty two pretty good feel feel goal or feel good stories this year as well in the Big Ten. I mean, Iowa with everything that they went that went down with the program this offseason and Indiana obviously and Tom Allen's probably America's America's like favorite coach. Say America's um, sweetheart for coaches yeah. right now. <laughs> I mean, he could be national coach of the year, honestly, with the way that his team has played. Yeah, I, I tweeted that I think mid Iowa game too, that he does deserve at least Big Ten coach of the year and probably uh some more love nationally. I think Coastal Carolina, they can, you know, we'll see what happens against BYU, but he'll be up there as well. Yeah, but I mean, Indiana, I mean, I'm surprised they haven't gotten more college football playoff consideration, to be honest with you. That's, that'd be, that'd be definitely be, if Iowa can, if Iowa can take her business next weekend to Wisconsin and then end up playing Indiana in that game, that would be, that would be another big game. Um, Very fun football game. I mean, yeah, just to confirm how, you know, going into the bowl game because i mean if iowa if iowa wins that game if Iowa wins their next two games are you looking are we looking at a potential new year six bowl i i think so i mean that yeah. puts them at seven two though if they beat wisconsin wisconsin i still think will be the lower end of the top 25 and if they beat indiana i think indiana i mean they're probably what a top 12 team right now they will be after the they won today i think they Maybe were number 10. 10 or 11 yeah i mean i think if they beat indiana they beat wisconsin uh, I think I think Iowa is looking at New Year's Six possibility. Yeah, and that's a lot better considering after week three that we were talking about the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Don't say you want to so, go to the Dukes Mayo Bowl. <laughs> yeah, so I mean a New Year's Six Bowl would look a lot would look a lot better than that bowl for sure. So I mean, just to kind of wrap this up, Sean. I mean, again, I I'm very impressed with Iowa's resiliency because I think. The way the team's playing now in all three phases, you compare that to the first two weeks. Like, yeah, Iowa 
only lost by a combined five points in the first two weeks. But they did not look like a good football team at that point. They really didn't. And then the way they came out against Michigan State, you're thinking, okay, but that's Michigan State. Like, yeah, they beat Michigan, but who knows how good Michigan is. We see, we see what they are now. But you've seen Iowa be, been able to string along wins like this. They've outscored their last five opponents by 110 points. And, and we're talking Big Ten. And Iowa's averaging 38 points a game despite only having seven passing touchdowns on the season. It really is pretty remarkable what Iowa's been able to kind of salvage out of this season after dropping its first two games. Yeah, most definitely. I think that's – I think if you ask any Iowa fan after the 0-2 start, if they'd take 5-2 and two right now going into Wisconsin, they'd say, oh, my goodness, like – I do anything for five and two. Like what so, changed, right? Yeah, it's like you you gotta be feeling good right now if you're if you're an Iowa fan. There's definitely a lot of uh good vibes going around with everything um this week or in the past couple of weeks too with these wins. And again, I think we'll we'll get more into this next week. By the way, as a reminder, we're gonna have a, a pregame podcast for North Carolina, Iowa. We'll preview that in depth either Sunday or Monday morning. We'll have it out either way. But it's going to be a huge matchup with, with Wisconsin next week. I think it's going to play momentum swinging in the next season and just to see if Iowa can get the monkey off its back of losing, what, six straight now to Wisconsin. And for as close as that all-time series is, it really is unbelievable uh, for how close the games have been that Wisconsin has found a way to kind of edge out every single one of them. So they broke it against Penn State. It'll be interesting to see if they can do it against Wisconsin. but. I, I don't really don't have much more to say about this game, Sean, but Iowa found a way to get it done. For sure, yeah. I don't I don't have much either, to be honest. Hawkeyeinsider.com, 24-7 sports. We'll have plenty of post-game coverage over the next 24 hours. Follow us on Twitter at SBOC247, at David Eichel, at Hawkeyes on 247. And again, Hawkeyeinsider.com for the most in-depth Iowa football, basketball, recruiting analysis, in-depth coverage, scoop, and everything else. Until then... We'll talk to you in a few days when we preview Iowa and North Carolina.